Julia Child once said that people who love to eat are always the best people. I couldn't agree more. I'm Haley Forney, and you're listening to Best People, the podcast. Hello, welcome to Best People. Today, I'm joined by Sarah Young. Hi! Hi, Sarah. Sarah is a writer, an activist, an artist, a provocateur, a creativity speaker, and a maker of tiny homes. And when she isn't making art for traveling the country, giving out love rebellions, Sarah has an MBA from Merrill Hurst University, a BFA from Oregon College of Arts and Crafts, and a BSS from Portland State University. Most importantly, for our purposes, Sarah Young is a lover of cake. I like to consider myself a cake aficionado. Yeah, I would say that that's good. Yeah. We need a cake aficionado because today we're talking about cake. Self-pointed. <laughs> and most of us enjoy cake, but maybe we have it maybe a few times a year. Like how many times a, a week would you say that you have cake? At least cake? Once, a, once a week. At least once. At least once a week. Okay. And sometimes it happens more. Because sometimes you are, I mean, people know I love cakes, so people will give me cake. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, I'm going to eat it. Okay. So people just randomly also hand you cake. Yeah. People will bake me cake. They're like, I'll, or I'll come over and they're like, well, I know you like cake, so, and then here's this cake, and I'm like, wow. <laughs> but you also have a kind of a philosophical relationship with cake, too. Um, Beyond just your enjoyment of cake, you also have kind of analyzed how cake is in our society, what role it plays, and, and maybe on a personal level, what role cake plays for you. Well, I have to say that um, I feel like cake is kind of a metaphor okay. for me, but yeah, philosophically speaking, I think that cake in a way is kind of an equalizer okay. of sorts. You know Even though I mean? Marie Antoinette said, let them eat cake. Except she didn't. It was, that's a lie. Yeah, that's yeah. not true. Um but, but it is an interesting thing because, like, you know, we are all always hypo thinking about, like, what we get access to yeah. as, you know, privileged white women, mm-hmm. let's say. I mean, I am not a rich person on any level. You're an artist. I'm an artist. I make very – in fact, I make as little money as I possibly can so I don't have to pay taxes. Yeah. That's my, that's my deal. But I still squander away the little bit of money I have so I can have cake every week. And that's just a personal choice. Do you make your own cakes, too? I do, And this is the thing. Okay. I don't make my own cake because I couldn't make it as good as the cake I want to eat. I want to eat. I don't eat, like, super healthy cake. Okay. I don't eat cake from a box. I don't, no. like, no. There's there's no reason to eat that cake for me. For me, cake <laughs> is a celebration. Yeah. And so, a weekly celebration. A weekly celebration. And it gives me an opportunity to appreciate myself. Because I love cake, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say no to something I love. You know, yeah. You know, whatever they say about like gaining weight or sugar is bad for you or what have you. Because I love it, it's good for me. That's the it's way. It's good I for it. your soul. It's good for my soul, and I'm just gonna say, I, I every day when I was running a bakery for six weeks, I ate cake every morning, and I lost 15 pounds. Hey, there's something to it. When I was in Italy in May. I was eating pastry and coffee every morning for breakfast. And then, you know, there'd be hours before we'd have lunch. But I lost, like, 15 pounds 
in three weeks Ex- while I was in exactly. Italy. Exactly. And I went to my naturopath who says, worried I had cancer or something. And all of my tests came back super healthy. The only thing that was wrong is that I needed more salt in my diet. Oh. He was like, why are you here? You're like You're so fine. All your because I've been eating so much cake, and I'm worried <laughs> so I about it. I lost 50 pounds, and I just, I feel like I should have been gaining weight. And Well, was... you're probably running around. You were busy, uh-huh. too, right? You weren't, you were eating cake, but you probably weren't eating a ton of other things. That's the thing, and this is why I love eating cake in the morning. Because you eat, for me, I eat a good big breakfast, and then I eat cake. And then, pretty much at about 3 o'clock, I mean, I keep eating food, but about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm pretty much done eating. You're done. Yeah. You're done for the day. Like, right now, we're eating three pieces of cake. Yeah, it's 2 o'clock. We're at Saltadina in Bellingham, Washington. I should add that because uh, you might hear some background noise, mm-hmm. uh, but it's just us hanging out at, at Nancy Stewart's new location, Saltadina, and it's, if you are local and you haven't been in yet, oh my God. it's amazing. We've got, what varieties do we have, Sarah? We have coconut cardamom. Okay, I'm going to try a piece of that. And I just tried it, and I literally, I love it so much. I, my heart skipped a beat a little bit. Oh. Isn't it so good? It's very good. And then we it's have. very, very good. The cardamom. Yeah. Really shows up. It does. It's kind of like what over, you were. Not in a way where you're distracted, though. No, you're right. Well, and, that's good. And then we have. We should, lemon raspberry. Okay, we have the palate cleanser in between. Oh, palate cleanser. Yeah, oh, yeah, take a drink of water. Mm-hmm. Delightful. Mm, that is delightful. Okay, so now we have lemon raspberry. We don't mind. Don't mind that noise. That's just some coffee grinding happening. Mm-hmm. The thrills of recording live. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. That's good. I love yeah. my my frosting behind. Again. Oh. This is, now this cake, now this is why, and I'll just say, okay, in my opinion, yes, this cake is good because the person who created these recipes have, has achieved a flavor balance. Yes, exactly. That you don't very often get in cake. Like, I don't eat cake because I love tons of sugar. Right. The cake that I eat, I can taste everything in the cake. Mm. And Saltadina has this amazing technique of like, adding some like salt to their recipes so the flavor profile is so much more complex because it brightens salt sharpens those those, especially like the citrus the raspberry in the lemon raspberry cake salt just brightens that so much i love that brightens yeah Yeah. it's a coffee term (laughs) oh and you're a coffee expert well i'm not an expert but i like i enjoy aficionado um i am a a cultural attache of coffee. Oh my gosh. Which means that I encourage people to drink it and enjoy it. That's lovely. And just have it in yeah, their and lives. Yeah, just have it in their lives. So we have one more piece of cake on the table before us. And this is salt. And we saved this one for last. Yeah, chocolate, salt, salt and pepper chocolate. Salt and pepper chocolate. Which, which I've never had before. Oh. So yeah. this is a first experience for me. I've had some of Nancy's cakes before, but this is... A new one. Mm. Mm. I mean, that's heaven. How can, I mean, for me, I eat this cake and I think I can die. Yeah. I have now had the penultimate experience in cake eating. This salt and pepper, I mean, all of these cakes I feel this way about. Yeah. But but the salt and pepper chocolate cake. There's such a nice dance going on between Mm. the chocolate flavor and the salt and the pepper. I mean, it is 
perfectly balanced. It's perfectly balanced. And it makes, and see, this is why good cake is so amazing because it makes you wonder how people can do it. Yeah. It's like fine art. It you is, look at it an is, amazing yeah. painting and you're like, how did somebody do that? Is I'm that an artist. You're an, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'm an artist and I've looked at paintings and I've thought, first of all, how did they think of it? Second of all, how did they do it? And this is what I think when I eat the cake here. Yeah. I well, think so good. she went out of her way to make something obviously with love. And for you. For me, for you, for, for everyone in the community, but right. it does feel like an individual, unique experience, right? It, it does. Yeah. It feels special. It does feel special. She took the time to make it so, so well-balanced. And right. <laughs> but, okay, so let's talk about the people in your lives okay. that do not love cake. And your relationship with, you have a very strong relationship with cake. Mm-hmm. You love cake. You eat it once a week. We've already talked about it. Mm-hmm. At least once. At a week. least once a week. Sometimes more. Sometimes more. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, like anything that you love in life, like I love coffee. My husband not really that big oh, of a fan. Yeah. I don't like coffee at all. Yeah, you yeah. don't like coffee at all. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're still friends. Here we are. Here we are, still hanging out. Yeah, eating cake. It's all between us. It's really, it's lovely. But you, um, you have a po- or not a podcast? Excuse me, you have a blog yes. that you wrote for many, many years called Eloquent Discover. Mm-hmm. Yes. And in that, you had a, a blog post where you talked about how cake just exists. It doesn't care that other people don't like it. Right. It and, just keeps going. Right. Yeah. Because I was talking to a friend of mine who was having a birthday. Mm-hmm. And she requested to her family that they not get her a cake. And they were all super bummed. Oh. You know, because they yeah, wanted because cake. They but wanted it's her cake. birthday. But it's her birthday. And so we talked a little bit about that. And I and I asked, you know, why don't you like cake? And she's just like, I just don't. And I, I understand that because people have asked me why about certain things. Like, yeah, why don't you like coffee? Right. And like for me, like I've smelled it and for some reason it's in my stomach. I don't know why, really. Yeah. Like it's just, that's what it is. It's not your thing. But, you know, we talked, and then we talked about how much I love cake. And it was almost like, it's one of those situations where... There's literally nothing about that story I can relate to and nothing about my story that she can relate to in terms of cake. Mm. But the fact that we're, like, talking about it on this level, you know, about cake on this level. Yeah. I mean, we, I feel like we both had such a great conversation. Mm-hmm. And it just, it reminded me that, like, in terms of cake or anyone, it is fine to not be liked, you know. And, and that's what I, uh, the blog post is called Cake Doesn't Give a Fuck. Yeah, and you know, and she and I talked about that. We, you know, we were thinking, you know, that's the thing. You don't have to be liked by everyone. I don't have to be liked. She doesn't have to be liked. We don't have to agree on everything. You can still be amazing, and like this cake, and have people who don't like you. And your friend wouldn't be joining us today no. because uh-uh. she she wouldn't appreciate this cake. On no, level we're appreciating it. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little about bit about the history of cake? Well, it's interesting because when I love something like this, I don't very often research it just because I'm like an in-the-moment type person. Okay. But I did research. Yeah, I did research for the podcast because I was actually so flattered that you would ask me to eat cake with you that I was like, I feel like I need to prepare. (laughs) So I love that. Yeah, so I found out that ancient Egyptians of course, the people who did the pyramids, supposedly, 
Um, <laughs> it was the other people that did the pyramids if it wasn't the ancient Egyptians. I don't know. Like, I mean, besides like, the Jewish slaves. Exactly, whatever. Six of one, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, they <laughs> first made cake. And, you know, there was no sugar, so it was like honey and nuts and flour and, you know. Yeah, from what I read, it sounds like it was similar to what we would call fruit cake. Yes. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but do you, would you say that at the Yuletide uh, time of year, you indulge in some fruit cake? Or would you say that fruit cake's not your favorite? The only time I've ever eaten fruit cake was when my dad made it from scratch. And that was good fruit cake. Yeah, because, you know, it was a tradition in his family. He was a big Christmas guy. Okay. And it was kind of special, you know. But really, if I'm going to, I mean, I'm very particular about cake. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. he always put love into his fruit cake. So, obviously, I'm going to eat it because it's going to feel like love. Yeah. And, and you know, this cake that we're eating now, it feels like love in my body. Because yeah. somebody who made it loved loves it. Loves it so much. Loves it. Yeah. Active. So fruit cake, no. But um, <laughs> I do love a good bouche de Noël. Oh, yeah. Bouche de Noël is good. Those are good. Yeah. So should we explain what bouche de Noël is for? Go for it. Okay. So bouche de Noël is like a Yule log is what it's supposed to be mimicking. It's French. For bouche's mouth. So, mouth of Christmas. <laughs> um, and it's normally like a Swiss roll that is stuffed with some kind of cream. Yeah. And then you frost it with chocolate and you decorate it with uh, marscapone. Or not marscapone. Marzipan. Marzipan mushrooms. Yeah. Yes. So good. It is so good. Oh my so gosh, delicious. forget about it. Yeah. And again, when it's made with love, and you know what? At Christmas time, people. Their, their love, I think, is a little heightened because a lot of people who love Christmas, they just, like... They're all about it. They're super fancy about it. I'm not really a, a Christmas fan, per se. No. But I do love Christmas cake. Yeah. And some people, that's what they... I think, for my family, it was always more Christmas cookies. But for some people, I think Christmas cake yeah. is a big one. Um, one of the things that I found that I thought was really funny when studying the history of cake was the root of the word for cake, which is actually a Norse Viking word, which is either pronounced, we're not sure, kaka or kaka. Kaka is also Yiddish. Kaka is also, what is kaka in Yiddish? What do you think it is? I think it's the same as it is in Spanish. Okay, so right. go look that up, Moving friends. On. <laughs> so it's funny that something we delight might also have uh, roots in uh, Yiddish as something that we may not like uh, so much. It's really good to have a wide worldview, so you have this like kind of grounding knowledge to understand the world. Yeah. With. And this is one of those times where I'm like, I'm really glad I have this in- in- infinite knowledge of. Yeah. language. It's fun to uh, constantly learn new things it is. and evolve. Yeah. For sure. Uh-huh. And what I also liked about studying about cake was the reason that they're round is because bread was round. And so when they started making They were forms, using bread hands? They were using, well, no. Oh. They were forming it, like, because gingerbread mm-hmm. forms pretty Right. Densely, and so does fruit cake. Mm-hmm. And because they would bake bread and they would toss it in mm-hmm. as like a loaf and it would come out round, no, they would form their wow. gingerbreads and their fruit cakes to be round as well. Wow. And then when t- like tin pans and forms started to come out in the 17th century, they were like, oh, well, round 
Round's what we do. It's yeah. a round cake. Right. And that's just kind of, it's kind of stuck. Right. Even though there are sheet cakes now. There are sheet cakes. Because, and this is the other thing, I feel like when storage kind of became a premium in terms of like storing things, round does not do well as well as square or rectangular. No. Because round takes up more space in a storage area for how much less he's it's actually storing. That's true. Yeah. That's true. And that's maybe why we don't store things in uh, round type vessels right. anymore. Like you used to store wine. and It's a waste of space. It's just a waste of space. (laughs) But is cake ever a waste of space? No, it is never a waste of space. In fact, yeah, no, I can't think of when cake is ever a waste of anything. No. I mean, I don't think so either. Like, right now, I'm sure we'll eat all of this cake. Yeah, I feel like we're, um, particularly, we're saving the chocolate one for last. We are! Oh my gosh, we are! And right. we're not, it wasn't even a conscious decision. We didn't talk about it. No. We literally just sat down and started talking about cake. Right. And uh, now we're just waiting to save the best, <laughs> the one that we like the most for the last. And this is actually the thing about, for me, about food in general, but like cake in particular yeah. that I love, is that when you're sharing it with someone or a bunch of people, it's a bond, it is a bonding experience, even if you're not talking about it in depth. Yeah. You know, it's like cooking and eating the food you cook together. I mean, I've baked with people, but honestly, eating cake with people has always been, for me, kind of a way to, to like, spend a special segment of time with somebody. Well, because if you think about it, we eat in the celebratory moments of our lives. And that's the thing. Like, I believe that cake should not be saved for celebration. <laughs> it should... It shouldn't just be a birthday or no. a holiday or someone's wedding or right. your wedding or an anniversary. Whatever. It should be every week. Well, I think that's a philosophy of an approach to life. That's why you are on this podcast because you are a person that loves to eat. So you're one of the best people that I know. Oh, really? Thank you. Yeah, of course. I feel the same way about you, obviously. Well, I mean, here we are eating cake together, having a very sugar-induced uh, bonding moment. It's true. It's yeah. not like alcohol um, in that you, like, kind of lose your mind a little bit and say a bunch of things that you might not say. Sugar actually, it's the sugar rush that actually kind of reinforces your beliefs. Oh. For me, that's been my experience where mm. if I'm on a sugar rush, I look at my belief system and I think how brilliant I am. <laughs> so as this episode uh, goes on, we might become more and more brilliant. I'm just going to become more and more arrogant, probably. Oh. <laughs> Say your face for the word. Everyone at home, yeah, look I'm out for I'm that. joking. I'm not. No. no, never. I mean, you're an artist. You're not allowed to be arrogant. Oh my gosh. People call me on it all the time, and I'm like, no, that's confidence. It's not conceited, just convinced. Exactly. Exactly. Two different things. For sure. Uh, something else that I looked up, which I thought was kind of funny, um, is that the first icing was actually, it was egg whites and sugar. Wow. And they would kind of whip it into submission, and they would pour that over the cake before they baked it. And they would bake it with the icing on it. No way. Yeah. That's amazing. I know. What is that like, do you think? We both grew up in the Midwest. We did. So, Probably. Do you remember Bunt cakes? Of course I do. 
And you know how at Christmas time a lot of people make those rum yes. fund cakes? Yes. And you cook the rum frosty. So you cook it underneath it. Right. You Isn't do like, like a first frosting or icing underneath. Right. Isn't that rum and butter or something? Yeah. It's right. like a rum butter. So good. It's so good. Yeah. I love that. I, oh, yeah. I love that stuff. Yeah. And I, I think it's similar to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not sure because I've never made a cake that way. I have neither. I mean, I save my cake energy for eating it. <laughs> not for making it. I well, I mean, you know, it's it's chemistry. Like, I can right. cook really well. Yeah. But, but baking, baking I have to practice more to, yeah. to be as good as I demand. <laughs> and I don't think I have that kind of time in my life right now. Maybe when I'm, like, 70. Yeah. I'll, like, you know. Yeah. But I have some other stuff kind of on yeah, the docket. Some, some pertinent things. You really did because I just decided it very recently. So, would you like do like auctions at the storage containers, like that show Storage Wars? No. Would you do like old style Texas auctions where you auction off like real estate or possessions? Okay. What are you thinking about doing with this? Okay, so I grew up. My dad was an auctioneer. He owned an antique store. I had no idea. Mike, he owned an antique store right outside Chicago. Yeah. And he became an auctioneer, and once a month he'd have an auction, and I'd work at his auction every month. And it was really one of the most fun things about my entire childhood. That sounds actually. amazing. It was amazing. And he dressed up in, like, a 1900s tuxedo and tail with so a tongue So will you do that? Yes. I'm going to be, but except that I'm going to be auctioning off things for the community okay. to raise money for, for different nonprofits in the Bellingham community. Okay. So basically... It's not going to be like, this is how I'm going to make a living. It's going to be like me approaching nonprofits and being like, hey, hey, I'm an auctioneer. These breweries want to donate some stuff, and these artists want to donate some stuff, and these businesses want to donate some stuff. Let's raise some money for your... That's awesome. Yeah, because like just the whole, even being in an auction and organizing an auction, and I mean, it is... Um, so fun. It's huh? so fun. When I was uh, in college, I was in, a, I was in a sorority. I'm still in a sorority. But you are? Yeah, I'm a Kappa Delta. Oh, so you're always in it. It's like you're always. Yeah, it's like you always have it. That's amazing. It's always, and I still am really good friends with a lot of my sorority sisters. I can but see you in a sorority because you're so, so cheerful and, and nice. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But anyway, so we would have these options, these silent options, mm-hmm. which I don't think is as fun or exciting. It's not. Because silent auctions are kind of just like, paper bidding more. Yeah, you don't right? need, and you don't need the, um, you need permits for different kinds of auctions, and with the silent auction, you don't need the same kind of permits. Oh. It's different. But it'd be, it'd add a little bit more, uh, schnaz. And, right. It's uh, performance. Theater. Yeah. It's totally performance. Yes. And that's why I'm interested in it, because I'm a performance artist as well as, like, other stuff. Do you think that that might also be why you love cake so much, because in in essence, it is performance of what a baker can really show. Yes, you're right. I didn't think of it that way, but yes, I think that's exactly right. That, like, it is It is performance. Absolutely. When a baker does this level Especially of work, this level. Saltadina level work, man. It's crazy. It is. Everyone should come. And, and it's come. interesting because Bellingham is a small town, really. Yeah. When you're thinking about places. 
but in general. It's bigger than where I grew up, but but smaller than when, where I grew up. Yes, because I grew up right outside Chicago, right. which is a massive. It's kind of big. But it's, it's kind of big. There are so many good bakeries in Bellingham, and I have to think it's because what I'm here. I mean, I'm sure that's not what it is, but you know. But it's like the universe is all deciding that yeah. you, okay, right. you're here. Yes. Let's open all of these um, fine patisseries okay. for you to enjoy. I believe that might be true. And in fact, the other day it was a Monday. Okay. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go get some cake. Yeah, I saw your Instagram post. And then my one of my bakeries... Saltadina. It was closed on Mondays. I was like, oh. And then I went to Antler. It's closed on Mondays. And I just was like, what? And then I went to another bakery, and I went in and I looked at the case, and I was like, this is not special. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to need that bakery because that's not cool. But I I understand. But, you know, you come into a place like this, and it's small and simple, but the cakes are singing an opera behind the glass. Seriously. It's, it is siren song, the way they call to you. But then you go into this fancy space, and you look in the case, and the cakes are, you know, they're not, like, awful looking. They're not singing you a siren song. No. No. There's no opera. There's no opera. There's no There's no art to there's it. There's no choir of angels really. coming to you from behind the And so the I had a cookie instead, and that was fine. And that was fine. That was fine. It was a compromise. It was a compromise. Because you also enjoy cookies. I but not which when we got here, Sarah said, "Oh, you have to have one of their cookies." Yes. So, and what did you think of it? I, we haven't. I haven't tried. Oh it goodness! Yet. I've been eating the cookies. You've been eating the cookie. Yeah. But I. So try it. I'm excited okay. to hear what you say. Think about it. It kind of has the texture of the cookies that my grandmother would make. Really? Yeah. My mom and grandmother did not bake or cook anything good. It tastes like, like grandma. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, you're so lucky that your grandmother made cookies like that. My grandmother was an amazing, but she's why I love food so much, I think. You're so lucky. I know. It's true. That Ruth Connor gene, it's there. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, but she, she would add um, walnuts. Walnuts are so good at chocolate chip cookies. They're the mm-hmm. perfect nut. I don't like any other nut in chocolate chip But hers never cookies. looked perfect like this. They but were they don't need like, to look perfect. Right. right. No. Mean, and she would put them in this big plastic Tupperware. And my brothers and I would um, go in and sneak cookies. And she would pretend like she didn't know that we were sneaking them. Yeah. Like all good grandmothers do. Sure, I'm sure they do. And then my grandmother was. She would open the container later on, and we'd be like, "Where did the cookies go?" And we'd be like, "We don't know." (laughs) The chocolate is like a ring around your mouth. Yeah, I don't know, Grandma. I don't know, Grandma. The cookie elves. The cookie. The cookie elves got them for sure. And she did make a few different kinds of cake, but her strudel was really what was and I don't even think she was German or anything she just made great pies wow. and she would make a strudel out of a double pie crust wow but we're kind of we're veering off of okay you're cake right okay sorry yeah. and into just baking I know okay let's let's <laughs> let's reel it back focus, in I guess yeah something else I learned about the history of cake okay that I thought was interesting is that sponge cakes are which are leavened cakes and being leavened means that it has either baking soda right. or baking powder. Mm-hmm. Were first invented in Spain during the Renaissance era, is wow. what they think. Wow. So they had to somehow create the salt compound 
much like baking soda or mm-hmm. baking powder mm-hmm. in order to, because baking powder is not invented until the 1860s, mm-hmm. which helped revolutionize cake making. There are many revolutions in cake history. Yes. We, do you have one in particular that uh, you think is 1933, notable? when the cake mix was created. Yes. It revolutionized baking. So was that Betty Crocker? Was it Duncan Hines? Do you remember? I looked and it didn't say the company's name. Maybe they're gone. They could be. They might not. It might not have been a company. It might have just been an individual. It was just, I guess, the uh, a patent announcement announced mm. it as the ne- or the biggest revolution in baking. And then that, like that person who invented that probably sold that patent to all these different companies, which probably. is why we have Betty Crocker uh, and Duncan yeah. Hines, and because that was common practice, right? Yeah, I mean, definitely when I was a kid, I'd buy those boxes and I'd make cake. Did you ever make, I think we learned to make this in Girl Scouts. It was, you took a a box of cake mix and you added a can of Sprite soda. No. You put it in like a microwavable bowl. What? You put it in the microwave. No. And it makes cake. It's really weird. It's like, it feels a little like blasphemy. I mean, it is. It's It's a microwave, first of all. It's Sprite, second of all. Yeah. I mean, this is. I think it was supposed to be trying to teach us about uh, chemistry. Chemistry with. Because it's. What is carbonation Uh that sets off all of the other ingredients that allows the cake to expand and Mm -hmm. become cake in a microwave when induced heat? But what we learned is that you could buy a cake mix in a can of soda and make cake in the microwave. See, that's all children do. My parents would not allow us pop or a microwave. Yeah. So you. even if I, I mean, I was kicked out of Girl Scouts. Wait. Even if I had not. You were kicked out of Girl Scouts? Yeah. <laughs> I think, didn't Roger Mark say something about, like, I wouldn't want to belong to any group that would have me or something like that? Yes, I think so. That sounds correct. I guess where he and I are like in that way. And I think it's safe to say that we have done Julia Child justice. Which is a huge thing to be able to say. Because here we are having cake, which she would say is a party, because a party without cake is just a meeting. It, that is amazing. But yeah, that's a Julia Child quote. Can I can I tell you a story really quick about yeah. how I used to use cake as strategy at one of my jobs? Yes, of course. There was a person at one this of my jobs someone. who was, yeah, okay, this actually might help someone. There was a person at one of my jobs who was not nice to me ever. And he did a lot of backstabbing, undermining type things. And mm. People would tell me how he would bad talk me and stuff. So whenever I had to go into his office, I would always have a piece of cake. Mm. And I would be eating it while talking to him. <laughs> so it was like, A, a little rude. I never offered him any cake. And I would talk with my mouth full. Yeah. And then I'd be like, all right, see ya. And so the whole time, even though like I wasn't... I was, I was always anxious about talking to him because I knew what he was doing. Yeah. But because I could, like, eat some really delicious cake when I went to go talk to him, it literally made all the anxiety go away. And it just made me feel like, ha-ha, so, I'm eating cake. eat cake as a strategy to fight your anxiety when dealing with coworkers. Yeah. Or bosses. Or whoever. Whomever. Horrible anybody. Horrible anyone. Yeah. That's a, that's a life lesson. Right there. It's one I'm taking and carrying forward with me. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Thank you for you having me. You are oh indeed gosh. one of the best people. 
And it's so nice to get to sit and have cake with you and wax on cake a little bit. <laughs> thank you, Haley. So thanks for coming. I'm happy to be here. I appreciate the invitation. Of course. Oh, what fun it is to be in sugar-induced hysterics with Sarah Young. Thank you so much, Sarah Young, for coming on my podcast. What a treat you are. Uh, I hope you all will go out and eat some cake this weekend. Thank you to Saltadina for hosting us. We had a little bit of feedback and some weird audio problems, so I apologize for that, but that is just the woes of filming on location. Thank you for listening to this episode of Best People. We'll see you next time. Until then, bon appetit.